around and uh, can't stay at home in this world anymore. Amen. Uh, I hope that, uh, and I hope you understand what I mean by this. I, I believe most of you will, uh, but um, um, I think the closer we get to God, the more uh, dissatisfied, it would be a good word, right, uh, that we ought to become toward the world. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm not saying be a hater or anything like that. We're to win the world. We're to love people because God loves them. Uh, but uh, I don't know about you, but uh, there's just nothing good about this old world system, is there? You know, it's all backwards. It's all wrong. It, we just keep, uh, as Paul would tell Timothy, we keep waxing worse and worse. And um, uh, I just, uh, uh, I hope as I grow in the Lord that I just, I feel a little out of place, uh, you know, in this world. I don't, I don't ever want to be like Lot. Remember Lot this morning in Sunday school? And uh, I, don't, I don't want to fit in. I sure don't want those that I love to fit in uh, with this old world either. Amen. Even so come quickly, Lord Jesus, right? <laughs> Amen. All right, so we're in Ephesians chapter 4 tonight. And we started, uh, we took a little break last week, uh, but we kind of started uh, looking at a uh, uh, contending for the faith. And uh, tonight we're going to carry on with that. I kind of hit on this a little bit. We started in the book of Jude. We may go back there. Uh, but uh, looking at Ephesians chapter 4 tonight, we'll get to the text uh, here shortly. Uh, but uh, uh, tonight we're looking at contending for the faith by being a Christ-like church. And, um, you know, the church family, and of course we know the Bible teaches us we need to see the church family like a human body in many ways. Christ is the head, and each member of the church family is a member of the body, and uh, so that we can carry out the Great Commission. And so we're talking about uh, the church tonight quite a bit, and, uh, but still talking about the best way to contend for the faith. And we talked about uh, some things in our last message on this series, how the first century church, we believe, uh, your pastor believes, was really started with Christ and his disciples, but certainly empowered uh, on the day of Pentecost. Um, and how, as I mentioned already, Christ is certainly the head of each local New Testament church, and certainly the importance and, and really I believe the necessity of being a, a church, you know, uh, the, the uh, truth of the church membership even. Uh, and certainly we need to be mission-minded and, and uh, we talked a little bit, we'll hit on again tonight a little about how a local New Testament church uh, certainly are to be pastor-led. And I believe with all my heart this is the best way to contend for the faith, amen. One of our men actually prayed along that lines, I think it was Brother Brad, um, uh, and I agreed with what he said that that uh, the best way to contend for our, to contend for our faith tonight is certainly by emphasizing local church, not de-emphasizing it. And sometimes we kind of fall into that trap in some ways. And and of course, the best way to emphasize the local New Testament church, I believe, is to look at the first century church. Certainly there are things, as I mentioned, that are unique to the first century church that, that we won't see in the 21st century church in which you and I live today. Uh, but certainly there are a great deal of things that we need to try to glean from concerning the first century church that I think are really, really important. And so the Bible teaches us very clearly that a local church, a church body, certainly is the body of Christ. And so we go to Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to ask you if you're physically able tonight to stand with me. And uh, Ephesians chapter 4, and we're looking there at verse 11. And we're not going to talk about these different positions uh, tonight, maybe somewhere down the road. Uh, but just want to kind of use this passage here. may even be more of kind of a topical type sermon, but we're certainly going to look at the text here a little bit. But uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 
And the Bible says, and he gave some uh, apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. And here's why. For the perfecting of the saints, uh, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now again, what's the body of Christ? The local New Testament church, right? Uh, we are a body uh, of Christ here tonight. Uh, till... Uh, we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of fullness of Christ. And certainly in our individual lives, this is a great verse to, to think about. You know, we want to become Christ-like, right? And we want to continue to grow uh, in the Lord. It says in verse 14 that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. Uh, listen, you know, without belonging to a church, that's exactly what's going to happen, Christian. You're going to be tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men. That word slight means trickery. Uh, you know, a lot of times uh, people are maybe influenced to do something they, that they feel is right. They feel that it's something that God would, would, would uh, uh, like for them to do. Uh, but it's because they don't know their Bibles. They don't understand what, what God says about certain things. And if we don't have a local church, we don't have that preaching and teaching, we will be carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby uh, they lie in wait to deceive. You know, and that's the devil, right? But here's what we want to do. Speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things. Again, talking about Christ, which is the head, even Christ. And finally, verse 16, from whom the whole body, what's the body? The church, fitly joined together uh, and compacted. Um, that means knit together. Uh, so we begin to see the importance of a church family, uh, compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working, and here's some very important phrases, in the measure of every part, that would be, let's look at that as every member, uh, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. And really, the last part of verse 16 is really talking, we need to see this within the realm of the church body, each part of the church family, each member being effective, each part, each member doing their, her, or her, his or her share. And the, the, the cause of all this, that's church growth. I mean, this is the church growth plan right here that we're reading about. And so I just want to uh, take this text and try to glean some things and hopefully be an encouragement to you tonight. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, help us tonight to understand uh, the importance, Lord, of emphasizing uh, local New Testament church. Father, we need it in a day and age, Lord, where if we want to see the lost one and truly saved, Lord, it, uh, you do your work through your body. And, Father, your body is the local New Testament church. So help us tonight, Lord, to understand some things. And, Lord, when the time of the invitation is given, Father, may we come make decisions for you. Uh, Father, uh, just help us to get a hold of this and be a blessing and encouragement to us all. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. You can go ahead and be seated. I appreciate you standing there. Uh, so so I, I want us to understand some things. Again, I'm not going to preach down through these verses, uh, but I do want to you know, understand the correct context of this. I think that's important. And really verse 11 and 12 are, although we're not going to be dissecting these verses, but really are key to understand. Um, again, I'm not teaching on what each name is mentioned here tonight. Um, 
the Apostle Paul, when he wrote this letter, he actually already assumed they knew that, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of stick with that. And, but that's a good study, and if you get time, you might want to study those out. But I want you to understand, though, again, that we're looking at these in light of the local New Testament church. I believe these are local New Testament church verses. Uh, and the emphasis, and we read some of their apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and certainly those are certainly gifts, but, but the emphasis really, I believe, when you look at this passage, is not really the gifts themselves, but really the, the men, if you will, described in each gift. In other words, he's, he's talking about, hey, look, we're, we're giving you apostles, prophets, and so on. They are given to the church. And why are they given to the church? And it answers that question in verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. And that's so important to understand. And really, the last part of verse 12 really opens the doors what to all this leads to. So God gives us certain uh, men uh, here in this case as far as prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Uh, and this leads to, and this is important, the edifying of the body, the church family, amen, of Christ. And so that's why all these things are important uh, to understand and keep these chain links together because once we de-emphasize some things, we will struggle not only in our personal life, but, but the church body will struggle as well. And the end result is we won't see as many saved as we could. And so that's why all these things uh, are, are important. And then we notice verse 13, we're to do this till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And certainly, you know, this speaks of a mature body. Now, we know, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're not the bride of Christ yet. That's the ultimate goal. But, but, but I want you to understand, we do need to be interested in, in a mature local New Testament church body. Body. Amen. In other words, we we want to. Hey, I want to see. I want to see new people, uh, even new Christians, added to the body each and every day. But I want to also see Christians, that is, members, maturing in the Lord as well. Amen. That's important, uh, and certainly God will will bless that. And uh, so again, there's some great verses here uh, that are just a, a a great reminder of some things. In verse 14, here's what happens, and I believe we see a lot of this today. If we get away from these things, verse 14, we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine and by the slight of men and cunning crafters whereby they lie in wait to deceive. You know, you go out, if you have a general knowledge of your Bible, isn't it amazing what people say sometimes? And they think they're saying the right thing. They think that they're really saying something that, that God has said. But if you know your Bible, you know that isn't true. Where does that come from? Well, I'll tell you where that comes from. It comes from maybe going to a church building somewhere. Uh, it, go, it comes from maybe uh, going to a worship service somewhere. But somewhere down the line, the preaching of the Word of God has quit edifying the body. Uh, and so you end up with these different belief systems that, that we see out there, and that is a shame uh, and, and sad uh, to, to see as well. Uh, but we're to, verse 15, speak the truth in love. That doesn't mean that it's always pleasant what we hear, right? But we're to speak the truth in love. By the way, if you really love someone, you'll tell them what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. 
And certainly that is true uh, even in a lot of different realms. But speaking the truth in love, still talking about the body, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. And uh, so these are certainly wonderful verses. Now, to really visualize this, let, let's think about this for just a moment. There was a time in history when the actual body of Christ walked on this earth. Amen. And come, there's going to come a time when he does that again. In other words, his actual physical body. Now today, in many ways, his body is still walking upon this earth because his body is the local New Testament church. You know, uh, again, it, you know, uh, as, as a church member, we are the body of Christ here at Central Calvary Baptist Church. And I would hope that you want to be a part of this body. And this has everything to do, again, with properly contending for the faith and, and, and you know, again, defending our doctrines and beliefs. We got more into that last week. And so as we just rehearse there, verses 14 and 15, uh, these are certainly local New Testament verses that stress the importance of the unity of the faith. And here's really where I wanted to get, because there's a misconception of what unity ought to be. Today, when I hear most preachers, mostly TV preachers or radio preachers, really what they're talking about, they're saying unity, but here's what they're really saying. They're saying compromise. They're saying compromise. Uh, they're, they're saying, uh, don't defend certain things. And certainly there's some things that, that I think are foolish. Uh, uh, but listen, uh, anything that gets away from the blood, any, any doctrine that teaches uh, against the deity of Christ, hey, we need to contend for the faith because souls weigh in the balance. And as a church body, we need to understand that. As a church body, we need to be able to recognize that. So unity today is, is uh, really, you know, they're, they're trying to push compromise, ecumenicalism. In other words, uh, you know, all of us can just, you know, we're all one church. In other words, the, uh, the you know, uh, the Presbyterians, the Lutherans, we're all the Baptists, and, and, and every, you know, every, whatever you want to throw in there, we're, we're, we're all together in this, and we all just need to love one another, and we all just need to get along. I'm sorry, but I could never go to a Presbyterian service. I'm not saying that Presbyterians aren't saved, Okay. But I'm not. Uh, I certainly don't believe in predestination, right? Uh, I certainly don't believe in in baptizing babies, right? I'm not trying to be ugly, okay? But that's not that's not unity. That is compromise. That leads to a falling away. So these things are are very very important. We're not trying to make enemies, but we have to contend for the faith, amen. And so unity. It isn't what man calls unity, compromise, get along. But unity, when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to the body of Christ, unity is always speaking about being on common ground. The unity starts with the common ground that you're on, and certainly the common ground is Jesus Christ himself. Amen. And so that's important. Hey, listen, I can't stand on the common ground of Jesus Christ and believe that you can lose your salvation. I can't stand on the common ground of, of Jesus Christ and say that there are apostles in today's age. I cannot do that. Amen? And anybody that you know, says, well, you know, that you're not loving people. That's hey, listen, I'm just telling you, the common ground, the unity starts with Christ. And so we need to come to Him, not start uh, tweaking on things. And I'm afraid in the name even of evangelism, sometimes that happens. And so the goal of any first century church was never for all people to get along. Remember our study in Sunday school this morning, right? 
Jesus Christ said, I didn't come to send peace on the earth, but to divide, even when it came to family. And so the, the goal of the first century church was never for everybody to get along. Certainly that didn't happen. And the goal was to be the body of Christ, to be Christ-like. And unity really, here's where I think we're getting it backwards. Unity is a result. Unity is a result of that common ground. Unity would be the result of people meeting on the common ground of Jesus Christ, and that's where any 21st century church needs to have that, that same idea. That's how we need to see it. And that's important. The truth matters, amen? Truth and love matter. And so unity that I believe that I see today that is really just designed to bring compromise, hey, listen, folks, that's the enemy. And it sounds all rosy and cheeky and fun, where we can all hold hands and sing kumbaya, but I'm just here to tell you, that's not of God. Amen. And we need to contend for the faith. Unity does not mean getting away from doctrinal truth. Uh, listen, if there is no Bible doctrine, the body of Christ, as we just read there, will be tossed to and fro. And that's why we see a lot of things in so-called churches we see today. So these things are important. You know, here's a good question. And uh, I've heard this asked before, different preachers, and, and I might have even asked it here before. But why do you come to church? Why do you come to church? And there's a lot of good reasons to come to church, right? Uh, first of all, God commands us to, right? That's, that's a good reason. <laughs> but why do you come to church? And I'm sure there's a lot of different reasons and so forth, and I'm, I'm not trying to pick on people, but, but uh, again, you know, a lot of people, I think, and I'm guilty of this, you know, you know to a certain degree, we, we take the results of what a good church meeting may be, and we end up making those results the reason we're coming to church. You know, and we see how that could easily happen, right? In other words, we love to see, uh, you know, there's all types of things we could talk about. We'll talk about music. Um, uh, some people, I mean, today especially, I, mean, I hear it all the time. Well, I just love that music down there. What about the preaching? Well, eh, you know, it's all right, but, but I, I, I love the music. Um, and so music certainly is something strong. It's, music is important. I believe the Bible makes a, a big deal out of music, the right kind of music, if you will. And some come because of music. Music's important, especially when it's done biblically. Uh, but but heart-stirring music will be the result, you see. It's not the reason, but the result. Uh, and uh, I know we're, we're trying to do the best we can. But, but again, I, I think that's important. Uh, you say, well, I just, man, I just love those people down there. I love sweet fellowship. Hey, man, that's great. I, I'm glad we have a great fellowship at our church. I, I love the, the, uh, uh, the sweetness here, uh, the sweet spirit at our, our, our service and so, so forth. I, I love that. I believe we have that. But, but again, uh, uh, the sweet fellowship, again, is a result, you see. Uh, of, a, of, of being on common ground with Christ. And there's a lot of other things we could talk about. For time's sake, we won't. But, but uh, then there, you know, those are really, I'm not saying they're evil reasons, but they are fleshly reasons. In other words, they're emotional reasons. They're sentimental reasons. And, uh, but sometimes maybe, uh, you know, maybe you're a, 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 young, a young person tonight. Maybe you're, you know, you're, you're uh, not out on your own or what have you. You say, well, I'm here because my parents made me. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I, I love it when parents drag their children to church. I, I think that's great. Uh, but maybe you're a little older and you say, well, I'm here because the preacher will usually text me and ask me where I was at. <laughs> In other words, I'm expected to be here. And you are expected to be here, right? 
But if that's the only reason you come, you might be missing out on some things, right? Uh, and, and so, again, you know, there's all types of, you know, whether we come out of guilt, if you will, you know, uh, uh, tradition. Well, I've always come to church. That's just what I do. Uh, some people even look at church as earning merit, uh, you know, and certainly I don't believe that. Uh, uh, so again, you know, I think some people, I think some people just want to come to church to be seen, you know, so, so I don't think we have that problem here. But, but again, there's all types of reasons why people want to come to church. Um, and then even the, we may think that the meeting itself is the goal, you know. Uh, okay, I, I went to Sunday school, I went to Sunday morning church, I went to Sunday night church, and now tomorrow morning we'll get up and we'll start all over again and I'll work towards the goal of Sunday, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night church. So, and we can kind of get into that routine, can't we? And again, I, I, I tell people all the time, I, I would rather you be at church with a bad attitude than not be at church at all. So don't take that wrong, uh, because we need to obey God, right? But my point to all this is, is that even church itself, you need to have a biblical reason, amen, why we come to church. Um, you know, there's a lot of people, I mean, I even have people that say they love the Lord, and they're actually, you know, in their way, sharing the gospel with Christ. And they'll just flat tell you, oh, you don't need organized religion. Oh, you don't need to go to church anywhere. Church is in the trees. Church is in nature. You know, hey, listen, you know, uh, 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 Jesus didn't promote organized religion. I had a guy tell me that the other day, and I was like, you're crazy. I mean, I didn't tell him that, but I thought that, you know. What are you talking about? Jesus Christ died for the church. The, the church is his body, as we've seen here, right? Hey, listen, Christ certainly emphasized the church, and we should too. And so there should be a biblical reason. What is the definition of a local New Testament church? A very uh, simple definition is a local New Testament church is a group of baptized believers who assemble together regularly to carry out the Great Commission. That's what church is. That's the body. That's our job. Uh, as the body of Christ to carry out the Great Commission, that certainly entails a lot of different aspects, aspects to it. So our text really gives us some clues, as we've already broke it down a little bit, how this comes about. And so God gives us today, and, and we'll focus there on preachers and teachers, again, for the purpose of edifying, to, to preach to you so that you can see the weak areas in your life. By the way, any time a weak area is exposed in your life, you ought to rejoice that God has shown that to you. Because you know what that means? That means now you have the opportunity to get closer to God than you was before. And we ought, to, we ought to shout for joy. Thank you, Lord, for showing me that. Thank you, Lord. Give me the strength to put that into practice, Lord. If it's something I need to add to my life or take away out of my life, thank you, Jesus. Instead of going, well, you know, if you'd have grown up the way I grew up, well, if you knew how my family was, well, if you knew how my husband was, well, you had to put up with what I had to put up with. Hey, listen, just say, thank you, Lord, I want to change. Amen, because I want to get closer to God. Hey, listen, I tell you, that, that would be a good idea. And so, again, why, why do you come to church? I hope that there's a biblical reason for that. And certainly our text gets us to, to understand some things. And so, again, a, a preacher that loves you is going to certainly preach things that aren't always popular. Uh, but God gives uh, those men to you for that reason so that you can see the weak areas in your life to show you how, again, by faith in Christ to be strengthened in those areas. You know, we, we congregate together. Now the result is sweet fellowship. The result is hopefully some good music and, and our souls being touched and, and, and to be edified, encouraged in a lot of different ways. Certainly those are some great results that we love. But church... 
you know, uh, we, we want to, uh, we want to grow in the Lord. Amen. And, and work on those areas that we struggle in. We congregate so that we can do the work of the ministry. And of course, that, that means people saved, amen? And all this makes the body of Christ. What's the body of Christ? The church. The church family. Strong and mature, amen? And that's important. Somebody says, but preacher, what about the loss? What about the loss? What about the loss? Well, uh, you know, shouldn't we just not worry about all this doctrine and stuff and, and, just, and just win the lost? I mean, does everything in between really matter? Well, yes, it matters. <laughs> I, not because I think it matters, but the Bible certainly makes it clear that it matters. I, I believe it certainly matters uh, to the Lord. In other words, God's Word certainly says it matters. I mean, just a casual reading of what we just read tonight would certainly say that. I, I, I just I scratch my head when people say that. Uh, because only a mature, strong body of Christ can properly and effectively win souls. Amen? I mean, that's, that's what we want. Uh, and this is the kind of faith, again, that we need to contend for. You know, isn't it wonderful? And, and I hope that you, uh, uh, I don't, you know, have, I'm not going to say I always leave church services feeling this way, but, but man, I, I, I believe this. I, I believe that we ought to, every church service we come to, we ought to come with the mind and the heart saying this could be the best church service I've ever been to. Because it could be. And it doesn't matter who's preaching, doesn't matter the song. I'm telling you, we got a God in heaven, amen? And if the Holy Ghost dwells inside of you, and He does if you're saved, it, each and every service could be the very best service you've ever had in your life. And maybe if we would come hungering for that, we might just have the best church service we've ever had in our life. Amen. I don't know about you, but the Bible says, Greater is he that is in me than he that is the devil that's in the world. Do you believe that tonight? Amen. I believe it. And so God's certainly trying to show us some things. And, and you know, you, uh, I kind of got carried away there. I lost my place. But, but have you ever left, you know, left a church service with your, I don't know, your heart just bubbling over, amen, and, and that desire to share with somebody the Lord Jesus, you know. Or, or you know, so it lays it on, God just lays something on your heart. And you just kind of do something out of the ordinary, amen. Do you, have you ever left a church service saying, Lord, help me to walk out these doors and lead and live a real Christian life for your glory and your honor? Uh, woo, I, I wish we would always leave the church house saying and doing that, amen? And I believe we can. I, believe, I don't always do it, but that's not God's fault. That's my fault. You know, that might be a good question. What's on your mind when you leave the house of God? <laughs> Amen. I don't know about you, but certainly when I was attending church, especially in my younger days, usually I went out to Church of God. I was thinking about what I had to do at work the next day, and you know, uh, was uh, upset uh, about somebody or something. You know, um, why do you come to church? I I'll tell you what, I might need to work on that someday. So let's just look at a few things. I, really, I'm almost done, and uh, we're we're just going to take a few things here. But I want to look at a few things. Um, uh, to really help us to, to understand how important it is for the local New Testament church to really be a strong body for Jesus Christ. In other words, as we as a group of believers, if we want to emphasize the local New Testament church tonight, and I hope that you do, then here's some things that, that I want us to, to understand. So number one, 
And uh, these are short. I, I'm really almost done. So number one, unity in the right light. I, I've already hit on that a little bit. You know, there's been times, I think Burger King, you know, uh, but even some restaurants, you can go in. And I remember one time me and Dana, I think it was for uh, one of our wedding anniversaries, uh, the church got us, uh, I don't know, I might be messing that all up, but I think it was for our 25th wedding anniversary, they got us a, a, a coupon or something to go to the steak place. But anyway, you could create your own steak, you know. And so some restaurants do that. In other words, you can have it your way, you know, create your own supper or what have you. And in a lot of ways, I think sometimes even believers, immature believers, uh, uh, confused believers, or, or uh, again, maybe believers that are still babes in Christ. You know, th there are some, I, I think, that want to pick and choose in matters of faith. <laughs> you, know, they, you know, I said a while ago, we ought to rejoice when God reveals to you a weak point in your life. But our tendency is to ignore the weak points and just focus on the strong points, you know. And so I'm going to go to a church that doesn't preach about my weak points. I want to go to a church that preaches on my strong points, you know. <laughs> and so, so again, we, we want to pick and choose, uh, you know, in matters of faith, if you will. And some are very extreme. We won't get into all that tonight. But, but some Christians, they, I believe sometimes, and, and, and I believe they know deep down inside it's wrong. You know, they, they know deep down inside that this isn't right, but they, they justify some things in their hearts and minds, and, and they begin to tweet, tweet, tweak or twist, uh, I think I said that right, tweak and twist uh, the Bible around a little bit. You know, well, I know it says this, but, you know, um, and I don't like that. In other words, we want it to fit the way we want, you know, that best uh, suits our, our fancy, if you will. And uh, we know that God deals with us through, through prayer, certainly. But he deals with us, uh, certainly, through the Word of God. Amen? He deals with us through prayer. He, he deals with us through the Word of God. And he deals with us through the preaching of the Word of God. And, and listen, folks, when, when you're not in a, a regular uh, service. In other words, if you're not getting the preaching of the Word of God in your life, hey, it, listen, it, it, it hurts you. Uh, it's always important. I, I believe this. The, you know, we may think, well, I'm a mature believer. I, 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 I know the Bible maybe even better than the preacher, which really wouldn't be saying a whole lot. And that may very well be true. But, but listen, we all need, myself, we all need the preaching of the Word of God. And the more mature believer you become, the more you understand that. And the hungrier you get for the preaching of the Word of God. Listen, if you don't have an appetite for the preaching of the Word of God, I'm saying there's something wrong in your Christian life. And you need to ask God to, to help you with that. Hey, listen, it's important uh, to have that. Uh, we should hunger. Uh, we should pray. We should have our own study time. Uh, understand the Word of God. But we need the preaching of the Word of God. It's important. And so when the truth is presented, certainly a sincere believer, you know, talking about if there's some things in our life that aren't right, listen, we're going to yield to it. Now, a spiritually immature person, they're not going to heed to the truth. They're going to go back there and they're going to tweak some things and they're going to make excuses. And, and uh, out of all the 8 billion people on the planet, you have that one unique uh, condition uh, that gives you a license to disobey God. You know, Nobody has it like, you know, I'm the only one that has this, this problem. And certainly that's not true because there's nothing new under the sun, right? 
And so again, we need, we need the preaching of the Word of God. And as I said a while ago, we should rejoice when God's Word shows us a weak area in our life because it's an opportunity to draw closer to Him. And by the way, not only does that bless your life, but now let's get back to what we're talking about here. In other words, if there's something in my life that God reveals to me through the Word of God or through the preaching of the Word of God, and I get that straightened out, that's certainly going to bless my life. It's going to bless the family's life. But you know what? It's also going to make this particular body stronger. Amen. This church family, listen, the closer you get to God, the stronger Central Calvary Baptist Church gets. Amen. Just let that sink in for just a minute. Just let it sink in. The, the, the more mature I grow, the more mature the body grows. There is no lone wolf Christianity. There is no church without walls. You know what I'm saying? There, listen, there is a local, visible body of Christ. And it's made up of baptized believers who assemble themselves together regularly to carry out the Great Commission. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a weak link in the church body, right? Amen. I want to grow up, right? And we've got to give time for people to grow. But certainly that ought to be a, be a challenge to us. And so that's the right type of unity I believe the Bible teaches. So unity in the right light. Number two, strive to be Christ-like. Again, for a church to be Christ-like, for a, the body to be Christ-like, the church family to be Christ-like, then certainly every member needs to be Christ-like. You know, again, are you taking heed to the Word tonight? Uh, in 1 Timothy 4.16, Paul would tell Timothy, Take heed unto thyself, and, and the doctrine, I forget how it goes, but basically just saying, stay right with God. You know, take heed to thyself. And certainly in doing so, the church would then follow Timothy. And that's important. Uh, as By the way, as he followed Christ. And certainly that's how it works. So each and every one of us, not just the preacher, but each and every one of us, we need to strive to be Christ-like. Again, for many reasons, but tonight, even to benefit the body, to benefit the church family. I want to ask you another question. Are you taking heed to the preaching of the Word of God? You know, certainly you could do a lot better, but I hope you would think that God's given you a preacher. <laughs> you know, he's not the greatest in the world, but certainly he's given you a preacher, amen? And he's given this preacher to you. And I, 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 love, I love my church family. I, I love spending personal time with you guys. But listen, my purpose as your preacher, as your pastor, is to love you and to help perfect you for the work of the ministry. Amen, amen, and amen. That's what I'm here for. That's my job. That's what I want to do each time I study these messages and preach from behind this pulpit. And any pastor worth his salt knows that and should be doing it. Amen? It doesn't mean you're always going to like what you hear. Uh, but listen, that's what we need to do. So are you growing? Are you growing into the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ? I, I hope that you are because not only that bless your life and your, your, your home, your family, but also bless your church family and make it stronger. Number three, and I'll be done. Are you being fed? Are you being fed? Now, there's all types of things that might run through our mind, and I've heard them. And, uh, you know, uh, usually when somebody says they're not being fed, they lay it at the feet of the church they're attending or maybe the preacher. You know, oh, I just ain't being fed down there. Well, how long have you been going to church there my whole life? <laughs> and certainly I... I know that could be true in some cases. Uh, you know, I, I'm not saying that, that preachers don't fail and churches don't fail in that area. 
But when I hear that, you know, when I hear about somebody that has, in their own words, been starving for years under a certain ministry or whatever, I just want to, you know, first thing that pops in my head is, look, if, if the little patch of woods that I was living in wasn't feeding me, I'd be finding me another patch of woods, <laughs> right? You know, I'd go over there where the squirrels and rabbits are. I would just stand over here and, and starve, amen? Hey, listen, I, hey, listen, if I'm hungry for the Word of God, hey, listen, if you're really hungry, you'll find some place to eat, amen? So it might not be that you're, it's not because you're, you're starving, it's just because you don't have an appetite. Amen. You know, you say you're hungry, but you're not. Listen, if somebody's really hungry, they find something to eat, bless God, amen, right? I mean, I guarantee if, if you know, something happened and we all started getting hungry, we'd be getting out our squirrel guns and, you know, we'd be eating some squirrel or something, right? You know, maybe some venison, you know, right? I mean, we wouldn't just sit around and go, oh, I'm starving to death. We'd go out and do something about it. And I think there's a lot of Christians that, that want to shift the blame and they want to blame churches, they want to blame pastors for their, for their uh, lack of appetite for the things of God. And we never want to do that. And so again, are you being fed? I, I hope that you are. Um, I read this statistic a long time ago. I thought it was interesting. But, and I don't know if it's true today, uh, but it probably is. But they say a third of the world's population every night goes to bed hungry. And if that's true, that's tragic. Um, but the thing is, the problem's not supply. There's plenty of food. It's just, dispro- uh, uh, what am I trying to say, distribution, getting the food where it needs to go. And in a lot of ways, I think a lot of Christians are, again, they don't really have that problem. They're starving with food all around them, <laughs> you know. Uh, but they're wanting a song to lift them up instead of Scripture. Amen. They're wanting somebody to pat them on the back and tell them how much they missed them because they've been out of church for three weeks. And, you know, that, that's what they come to church for. They go, oh, we've missed you. So glad you're here, you know. And we should do that. But they're, they're not coming to be fed. Um, and that's concerning. Uh, and so we find ourselves, they're starting. In other words, they have the word. We live in a country where you can go to Walmart for a couple bucks and buy a Bible, Old and New Testament. So we have the word of God. Uh, you have a pastor. You have a, a church family, a local New Testament church family that's, that's uh, living their lives and going through uh, valleys and going through mountaintops while we're hiding somewhere. And, and listen, but our problem is a lot of times we're just too stubborn to yield. <laughs> you know, we don't want to yield. In other words, we, we, we don't want to eat what we really need. And that's sad. So here's the thing tonight. Are you being fed? I can tell you this. Again, you know, you don't have the greatest preacher on earth, but I believe your preacher preaches the word, amen? And it's good food because it's the Bible, not because how I preach it. Don't let my personality or the personality of any other preacher, that shouldn't even be a factor. Amen. All I know is you do have a pastor. I believe, that, I believe that God, even right now, is here. I believe, hey, listen, I believe God wants to feed you. You know, think of a parent when their, baby, their little baby's hungry and they got their mouth open. We're, we're, we're there, right? God is always there. He wants to feed us. And he's given us everything you need, your church, your pastor, the word of God, to help you to be Christ-like. The thing is, is are we eating what he has to offer? You know, is that what we really have the appetite for tonight? And I think so. 
So number one, we have to see unity in the right light. And again, that's seeing the truth is seen in God's Word. That's what we need. We need to strive to be Christ-like, not just for ourselves, but we want to be Christ-like for the whole body, the church family. Uh, hey, listen, I want to be a strength to the church family, not a hindrance. And number three, are you being fed? And, and, and again, I hope I'm, I'm right in saying this. I believe I am. I, I don't believe you're going to find a better church than Central Calvary Baptist Church for a place to be spiritually fed. And I'm, I'm not trying to brag. I, I honestly believe that because I believe we have a, a perfect Bible, and I believe we got some good folks, and I believe that we preach it. Amen. And we encourage uh, Christians to live it. That is not always pop, or pop, uh, uh, popular. But listen, I believe we have everything we need to be uh, a Christ-like body. And there's no reason to be spiritually hungry. Hey, listen, if you're a faithful member of our church family, hey, listen, there is no reason for you to be hungry. Now, if you're not faithful church service, yeah, I understand that. But there's no reason for you to be, to be hungry. It's, God has given us everything we need tonight to leave here full for each and every service that we come to. Amen. Isn't that great? I mean, isn't that wonderful? I know preacher's been a little rough on you tonight, but if you'll just kind of look at this from a positive point, wouldn't this be a great way to leave every service? Amen. Amen. To leave learning something? I got closer to God today. Uh, I've been fed. I learned something from the Word of God. Hey, I didn't know that. I didn't realize that's what that meant. I didn't know what that pointed to. Bless God. Hey, listen, I'm telling you, you are being strengthened, amen. You are becoming more Christ-like. Not only does it benefit your life, but it also benefits the church family as well. And that ought to be something we want to be a part of tonight. Do you want that tonight? Boy, I do. I do, don't you? So this is an exciting thing. So stand with me, if you will. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Just going to have a word of prayer. If God's speaking to your heart anyway, if you're here tonight and you don't know Christ as your Savior, certainly the first thing you need to do is be saved and accept Christ as your Savior. If you're here tonight, maybe you've cooled off a little bit. Maybe you're struggling with something in your life. Come and do business with the Lord. 